One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And welcome to another edition of MMA Monthly, the only show in the Anfield Index podcast channel that never lives up to its name. Yes, we're more dreadful at uh, keeping up with our moniker of keeping uh, churning out shows on a monthly basis than Dejan Lovren is at defending. Um, but fear not, um, we are back again, and hopefully we will this time keep up um, on a monthly basis now that Dave Hen- Hendrick is um, back over in Ireland um, so, Dave, um, glad to have you back. Welcome back. And how are you doing? I'm good, mate. It's um, it's nice now to be on MMA annual, <laughs> as it has become. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I mean, my my own podcast is called Another Podcast, but it had been that long since I'd done one. It's pretty much just a podcast. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's been completely my fault that this has not happened. So um, good to be back. And hopefully we will be able to rock this out every month because... I think people are growing uh, an affinity for MMA over the last couple of years, the way me and you have over the last 15 years. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. There's um, you know, plenty of buzz and excitement for um, especially the large UFC shows. And um, you know, we've had some superstars that have uh, come and gone in the last two or three years within UFC that really transcended the sport and caught the imagination of sports fans worldwide and we'll talk about one of those individuals later in the show um but uh in the meantime there's still um plenty of fantastic uh talent that are competing um in ufc and ufc as usual not really hung around already churned out four shows since the start of the year and um let's talk about some of the key fights that we've seen um from those events so let's start with uh UFC Fight Night, um, Stevens versus Shoy, which um, took place on the 14th of January out of St. Louis, Missouri. Um, now, this, in terms of its main card, was an okay event, nothing particularly special. Uh, most notable, in fact, for the return of uh, UFC Hall of Famer, one of the all-time greats um, who had a horrific accident, um, was a near-death experience, in fact, in Matt Hughes. Um, 
really horrible car wreck back in June of last year. And um, he appeared at this show, um, you know, emotional scenes, great to see him back. And, um, you know, he, he's certainly uh, one of the great MMA fighters that we've ever seen, isn't he, Dave? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, through the, the sort of the dark era of the UFC, when Zufa were buying the company and then, you know, running it at a massive loss, Matt Hughes was one of those shining lights of that era. Um, just a very consistent performer. Knew what you were going to get with him. If it was a three-round three, three round fight, you were going to get three rounds of just Matt Hughes. If it was five rounds, it was five rounds of Matt Hughes. Takedowns, ground and pound, control. You know, limited, but very, very effective. A, a real throwback kind of fighter if you look at him now because he's, you know, that, that very specific wrestling-based game that you don't see a whole lot of anymore. Um, but he, he was great, and he was the first great welterweight, really, in the UFC um, not obviously not count, counting Hoist Gracie because he fought in the open weights, but uh, yeah, Hughes was phenomenal, and of course it was great to see him back. And I'd love to see him back more in the UFC family. There has been talk that he has been suffering from depression. You know, I, I suppose after being such a big star and the limelight goes away, it, it can obviously have a very negative effect. Um, so I'd like to see him back involved in some way. I think like you've got this big performance center now, and what better guy? to bring in, say, your kickboxers and your, your jiu-jitsu fighters and have somebody like Matt Hughes to help round the next great crop of UFC stars that are flocking to the Performance Centre in, in massive numbers. Um, great to see him back, and I, I, I really hope he, he gets himself um, back in a good place. Absolutely, here, here. Um, certainly one of my favourite fighters. Um, of all time where mixed martial arts is concerned. So uh, glad to see um, him well on the road to recovery. Um, so, yeah, I mean, on, on to the card itself then, as I said, um, not one of the great um, shows you'll ever see. Um, we saw the return of Paige Van Zandt um, after over a year out from MMA um, in a disappointing loss for her to uh, Jessica Rose Clark, where Van Zandt broke her arm. Um, which was, um, you know, pretty bad for her career because Paige is somebody that UFC really sees somebody special. They managed to get her onto uh, Dancing with the Stars, which is the US equivalent of Strictly Come Dancing, and um, that was huge for her profile. Uh, but unfortunately for her, hasn't really been able to um, achieve the success in the octagon that UFC hoped they, that she would, and um, certainly far from. Um, a flyweight contender at this stage, but still very young, has plenty of time to uh, improve and really get to where UFC wants her to be. Uh, but the, the main event then um, was a featherweight contest between um, the, the South Korean Do Ho Choi against um, seasoned veteran of UFC, Jeremy Stevens. Um, this was a fight that only went into the second round, all action, um, but uh, it was the American that won. Jeremy Stevens uh, with a great TKO uh, finishing Choi um, in impressive fashion. Uh, what did he make of this one, Dave? It was what I expected. Two guys whose game is primarily to try and knock the other person out, and that's all Jeremy Stevens really is uh, is capable of doing is just you know plowing forward and throwing bombs. And obviously, this this fight was promoted to the main event after Uriah Hall uh, collapsed on his way to try and make weight for the fight against Vitor Belfort, and that had, fight had to be scrapped. So this one, that, and that would have made this a fairly solid card, because this 
would have been a good co-main event fight. And obviously, as you mentioned, Page was on the fight for, in terms of the draw, Page would be the biggest draw to the casual fan because A, how she looks, and B, she was bringing that crossover audience from um, from uh, Dancing with the Stars. <clears throat> but this fight gets pushed into the main card slot, and it was exciting. It was. Nobody can go home disappointed having seen this fight. Um, Troy is, is game. The guy has energy and heart for days. And Jeremy, St- Jeremy Stevens, while mainly known to many people as the guy Conor McGregor destroyed with that who the fuck is that guy comment, um, he is a very, very good striker. He's very powerful. But like I say, I mean, he's limited. He's now 27 and 14 in his career. He's never going to be a contender. Um, but it's good to see him still in there, still fighting. He's still relatively young at 31. So, I mean, he's got he's got fights to come. And the UFC will always keep a guy like him around because his fights are rarely boring. Even if he ends up going to the decision, it's, a rare, it's rarely a boring fight. He's very, very hard. To finish, I think he's only been finished maybe once by Eve Edwards by in terms of knockout. I know he's been submitted a couple of times, but he, his fights do tend to, if he doesn't knock the person out, they tend to go to distance and he tends to be exciting. So that's what the UFC are looking for. If you're not going to be a contender, at least put on a show. And they did. They, they didn't disappoint. I thought it was a good fight. Um, and overall, a pretty solid card. Not exceptional, but a solid card. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was a Lucky start to the year, um, but uh, you know, certainly uh, did its job. In the ratings-wise, actually was the best-rated um, uh, fight night in two years, believe it or not. Despite a weak um, lineup, it just proved the drawing power of Paige that uh, you know she was on the undercard of this, and uh, you know for UFC to draw its best fight night rating in since early 2016, that, that was quite impressive and showed um, the kind of drawing power that she has. Um, we had a much bigger, more high-profile event um, just the following weekend in Boston, Massachusetts, which hosted UFC 220. And uh, this was actually a stacked lineup. Um, some really fine talent on display on this card. Um, Islam Makhachev, you know, one of the promising, exciting lightweight talents. Uh, Dustin Ortiz, um, Rob Font, you know, some good, good fighters. Um, but the two... Uh, main events uh, were the ones that everyone came to watch, and um, you know they they didn't disappoint. Um, first of all, we had a contest for the uh, vacant lightweight light heavyweight uh, championship between um, Daniel Cormier, uh, the former interim champion, and one of the fighters that's been on a real tear the last couple of years, Volkan Uzdemir. And um, you know there are plenty of people tipping Volkan to uh, really um, dominate DC but that didn't quite happen DC once again showed his class showed his quality completely negated Volcan and yeah. um, won the title in the second round in two minutes that was a heck of an impressive di- display um, by the veteran Cormier yeah and I mean like you say this fight was was heavily hyped um, Ustamar was coming on an incredible win over Jim- Jimmy Manoa he'd previously uh, beaten Ovin St. Pru. So he was, you know, on the radar. But I, I do think, including myself, I think a lot of people were bought into the hype. Um, I mean, like, let's be honest, Jimmy Manoa is a very exciting fighter, but he's not an elite level fighter. And it was on the back of that that Ustamar sort of got pushed into this fight. But I'm glad you used the phrase vacant light heavyweight championship, Mo, because 
they obviously they just handed the title back to Cormier in bullshit fashion after he got his ass handed to him by John Jones, and then John Jones got got popped for PEDs again. <clears throat> but uh, you know, you should have to you should have to win a fight to win the title. So Cormier has done that now. I, before this card, I thought it was just weird that they were putting the light heavyweight title and the heavyweight title on the same card because you you always hear talk of Dana's kind of scrambling around trying to find good main events for pay-per-views. Well, you could have had two good main events for two separate pay-per-views, but you ran them together. But now we know why it, it you know, it would appear that, uh, that the plan was always to put the winner of the Cormier Ustamar fight, both of whom have fought at heavyweight before and had some success against um, the winner of, of Nganu and, and uh, Stipe Miocic but Cormier looked great <clears throat> one of the one of the best performances of his career I would suggest um, a really really impressive performance and it sets things up nicely it does set things up nicely oh it does absolutely I mean um, you know Cormier um, as you mentioned is um, now lined up to fight the winner of that uh, main event that we'll come on to in a moment between uh, Miocic and Nganu, but uh, there's one fighter that's very disgruntled about Cormier um, not taking on the number one challenger in the light heavyweight division, and that's uh, one Alexander Gustafsson. Yes. And, um, you know, he, he's he's very upset, expressed um, a lot of anger and upset the fact that he misses out yet again on what he feels is a well-deserved title shot. Um, and unfortunately for him, he'll have to wait. Yeah, Mo, I don't think he should have to wait. I really don't. I think he's the guy who gave John Jones the toughest fight of his career. In my view, he won that fight against John Jones. He should have been given uh, a straight a straight rematch. Never got it. Then, obviously, he lost in pr- pretty spectacular fashion to um, to Rumble. And then he fought Cormier, and again. I thought he won the fight against Cormier. Now, I know he lost by split decision, but I thought he won that fight. And he's had two good performances since. Obviously, devastating knockout of Glover Teixeira um, in what was a fight of the night performance. But for me, he is the guy that needs to have his title shot. He has earned that title shot. He's beaten the people they've put in front of him. And you look at his hit list, Matyshenko, Thiago Silva, uh, Shogun Hua, Jimmy Manoa and now Glover. I mean, that's a pretty impressive, you know, list of guys he's beaten. And like I said, I thought he beat John Jones and Cormier. So for me, he has every right to be upset. He really, really does. And if the UFC were looking to put together a fight between a light heavyweight and a heavyweight, Gustafson would have fought at heavyweight as well. He's big enough to carry the weight. He's got the power and the talent to do it. And if he'd fought Cormier, say, even on the 220 card and won, they still would have had their heavyweight against light heavyweight bout uh, coming up. So I I think Gustafsson is rightly annoyed, and I think the UFC are going to have to make this one up. Now, their way of making it up is just to put him in another fight, but they're going to need to pay him and pay him well. But he he needs to be the next next, uh, title defense at light heavyweight, regardless of what happens when Cormier faces uh, Stipe. Oh yeah, completely agree. And um, you know, as soon as this fight um, is over for Cormier, light heavyweight champion against the heavyweight champ, um, Gustafsson deserves title shot um, shortly thereafter. He'll probably have to wait three or four months to let the champion 
recover, get back into training camp, and uh, you think you know, might they want Do you think might they have him have Gustafson fight for an interim belt in the meantime? You know how they love an interim title fight. Oh God, please! It's just, uh, it's, just it's against who though? Like who's out there aside from him that is in a position to say I deserve a shot at the heavyweight title? I don't see anyone else on the roster that is currently in position to demand a shot at the title. So they, they probably don't have anyone that they could could really sell as an interim title contender against Gustafsson. But with the UFC being the UFC, it might be something they consider. Well, that's right. Yeah. I mean, they, they love an interim belt. They love confusion. Um, and, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they tried that. But as you say... The light heavyweight division is the weakest we've seen for many, many years. Uh, you think back to 10, 12 years ago and how stacked that division was, especially after um, Pride went under and you know, some of their great, um, what were known as middleweight fighters, who were the same 205 fighters, came across. That division was unbelievably stacked. Lord. I mean, Shogun and Vandalay and, you know, you name it, you could go on Adele, and on. Rampage. You had yep. Dan Henderson prepared to fight it that way. Anderson Silver prepared to fight it that way. You had Forrest Tito, Griffin. if you count him. <laughs> yeah, Tito, if you count him as well. I mean, you know, we, we obviously have had our discussions in the past about Tito and how good or otherwise he might have been. But, you know, certainly a big-name fighter. Um, so really, really stacked. So compared to the depth of roster back then to what it is now, big, big change for the worse. Uh, but I, I'd prefer them to just hold fire. Um, Gustafsson probably won't want to just sit around doing nothing for 10 months. I mean, I, I'm sure he'd like to have another fight then. The risk obviously is um, him losing a fight against, I don't know, somebody like uh, Patrick Cummings and uh, then that title shot is gone. So it's about whether he's prepared to wait you know, close to a year for that title, uh, title shot or if he is prepared to take on another fight just to keep things going, keep him ticking over so it's one to keep an eye on um but uh then we came to the main event the heavyweight champion in action once again Stipe Miocic against uh the monster the fighter that people thought really would cause the champ all sorts of problem one of the hardest hitters in all of combat sports Francis and Ganu and um you know this fight in some ways went how I expected it to be. Um, Garnu just came out slinging absolute haymakers in the opening round, um, all of which certainly didn't flushly connect. And uh, in the process, he blew himself out. And then um, the only thing I was then impressed by is the fact that uh, the fight went the distance after that. It was um, a victory for Miocic, um, but Garnu certainly um, hung in there for the duration and... Um, despite being winded after only five minutes, um, still somehow managed to look uh, impressive. Agreed. And um, sorry, just one point before I talk about this. Looking at the UFC light heavyweight rankings, it's Cormier Gustafsson, Teixeira, who Gustafsson just beat, Ustmar, who Cormier just beat, Manoa, who has lost badly a couple of times recently, uh, Ovin St. Peru and Shogun Hua. There's nobody there for Gustafsson to fight. Um, but yeah, in terms of this fight here, I think Nganu needs to have a real long, hard think about whether he has the right coaching. Because whoever advised him that your best game plan here is to go out and swing for the fences, 
Um, now I know that is his normal fighting style, but you're going against a guy who is one of the all-time heavyweight greats, who has cardio for weeks, who has an iron jaw. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And who is coming in riding an incredible wave of momentum. I just don't think it was the right, the right fighting style for this fight. And like you say, he blew himself out and it became an easy win for Stipe. And everybody, like you say, had said this was going to be the hardest fight of his career because Ngannou is a monster. And, you know, when you hear the likes of Joe Rogan and Dana White talk about Ngannou, it's almost in hushed tones because he's that scary. So, Stipe looked great. He obviously had prepared well for the fight, had a very set game plan of what he was going to do. And, like I said earlier... Nganu lives basically at the UFC Performance Center, but he's not clearly not getting the wrestling training that he needs. To have someone like Matt Hughes go in there would have helped him massively. Nganu needs to go away. He needs to work very, very hard on his wrestling and making himself more of a rounded fighter. And for Stipe, he faces Cormier next, but he really has just launched himself into the category of maybe the greatest heavyweight the UFC has ever had. Um, he's you know got the record number of defenses now, and it's a low it's a low number. But at heavyweight, things change in a second. One punch can end a fight at, at heavyweight. Rarely happens at other weights. In, in, you know, as in in terms of that that sort of thing. Um, I was just really impressed by Stipe. I have to say, I, I had my doubts about him early in his career, but he has just blossomed, and he just keeps getting better and better. Oh, that he does absolutely, and. Uh... You know, one of the other things that was talked about around this event was um, the return of Cain Velasquez. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's a shame that his next opponent won't be Velasquez because, uh, you know, he's the type of fighter who, if anything, in terms of cardio, is even more well-conditioned than mm. Stipe. And uh, 
stylistically as relentless a fighter as you'll ever see. Yeah. Um, you know, a horrible kind of um, fighter for, for Miocic in terms of the way he likes to fight, um, really would struggle to get going. Um, but certainly from a neutral's point of view, absolutely intriguing. So it looks like we'll have to wait for that one. Um, and obviously, uh, Miocic will uh, compete against light heavyweight champion Cormier. Um, I think it's in July from memory. Mm. And, um, you know, perhaps later in the year, um, we will see um, Velasquez is back in action for that heavyweight championship, whether it's against um, Cormier or, or um, Miocic. See, but, the thing um, is, he, he won't fight Cormier, though. Like he's already said he won't fight Cormier and Cormier oh, of the course. Same. They're best friends. Yeah. And yeah, I think part of the um, AKA, AKA, AKA. And, and to be honest, if I think if Kane was ready to go and had maybe had one fight, I think they'd throw, he would have been the one to fight Stipe. I don't think Cormier would have even considered going up if Kane was ready to go. Um, but like I, I just like I think Kane would be. Kane is the best fighter I've seen at heavyweight in the UFC in terms of just the sheer ability and how he fights and how dominant he can be. I mean, the only two losses he's he's had were when he was injured, you know, and he and he just went and fought anyway. But the guy's been plagued. I think he's had like ten major surgeries or something crazy. And you remember he got pulled from his last fight because he already had a surgery booked for after it. So the commission were like, well, if you need a surgery already, you're not healthy, so you can't fight. Um, Kane against Stipe would be great they're both so well rounded but like you say Kane has that incredible cardio pushes the fight at such a high high tempo that would put Stipe into positions he's not used to and um, that that's the fight I really want to see but Cormier Cormier's going to give him a hell of a contest because Stipe's not the biggest heavyweight Cormier obviously is a small heavyweight Cormier has decent stand-up. Stipe's got really good stand-up, but Cormier's wrestling is is incredible. It's a, it's, it's a truly elite level. Um, so that's going to be a good fight. I'm looking forward to that fight, Mo. I, I think it's always good to have super fights. I think that's the one thing the UFC have kind of lost is, is the, the super fight. Um, we were praying for years that we'd get GSP against Anderson. We never got it. I know Connor fought Eddie, but Eddie wasn't a like a, a true star, you know, so it wasn't really a super fight. It was all about Connor. Um, but I think this one is a super fight. I think this one can be classed as a super fight. So I look forward to that. Indeed. And um, certainly when it comes to business, uh, last year was a very disappointing year for UFC. Um, you know, obviously with no Connor and um, Ronda Rousey not being around, uh, their pay per view business suffered significantly. So, uh, no, they they need all the super fights that they can put together in uh, 2018. Um, so moving on to um, an event that took place then at um, on sorry on the 27th of January out of the hometown of one Nature Boy Ric Flair, Charlotte, North Carolina. It was um, UFC on Fox, and um, it was uh, a pretty entertaining card. Certainly my favourite show of um, 2018 thus far. And um, we had a four-fight main card with a really entertaining one between uh, Drew Dober and Frank Camacho. Uh, it was a decision victory for Dober. Um, we also saw Gregor Gillespie with an impressive uh, TKO victory over Jordan Rinaldi. Um, and in the featherweight contest, um, in a split decision, which was very close, also very entertaining, Andre Philly uh, defeated Dennis Bermudez. 
Um, but then we came to the main event where one of the great uh, pound for pound fighters um, was in action in a middleweight contest, Ronaldo Jacare Souza against Derek Brunson. Um, this was eagerly awaited. Um, a lot of uh, pundits thinking it could go either way. But in the end, it was quite a decisive victory uh, for Jacare. First round TKO over Brunson. Yeah, and Jack Ray is an incredibly gifted fighter. He's got very good stand-up, and obviously his his jiu-jitsu is arguably the greatest of any MMA fighter. Um, and he just seems to have some sort of mental block when he's in a title fight or a, you know, a number one contender fight where he just something goes wrong. But he looked a million dollars in this fight. He was absolutely sensational. And Brunson's a good fighter. Brunson obviously coming off um, a big win over Machida. And Jack Ray just walked through him. Just steamrolled him. And uh, it puts Jack Ray back in, in good position where, you know, he's maybe one fight from a title shot again. So um, good, to see, good to see Jack Ray getting the win and launching himself back into contention. And for Brunson, unfortunately, it's back to, to the drawing board. He needs to go and figure some stuff out. Yes, indeed, he does. Um, but certainly a, a relief for uh, Jacare, visibly um, emotional um, after the fight. Uh, I think uh, the loss to Rob Whittaker just over a year pre- previous to this contest uh, really was um, a major blow to Jacare. Um, he perhaps felt prime and ready for the middleweight championship and um, missed out on that title opportunity. And in, uh, instead it's uh, Whitaker that um, became the, became the champion. Um, but it's the champ Whitaker that uh, Jacare is clearly targeting. And, um, you know, he it's perhaps just one more fight away from that uh, eventual uh, title uh, shots. And uh, if that happens, then uh, Jacare would certainly be favored despite coming in as the underdog. So uh, that's certainly another one. Uh, to look forward to later in the year. Um, then we had another uh, UFC fight night, which took place um, this past weekend. Um, the first UFC show um, from Brazil in 2018. Um, and this was a very loaded lineup in terms of fights. Um, but uh, in terms of the main card, um, not, not, not a great show overall, but um, the semi-main event had... Valentina Shevchenko is one of my favorite fighters. And without question, the best dancer in all of UFC. <laughs> Again, showed off her moves um, after her contest with Priscilla Cachera. And um, you know, that was a, as dominant a victory as you'll see. Absolutely battered Cachera, bloodied her up, something rotten. I mean, she was just bleeding all over the place. I mean, Shevchenko was, a, was covered in blood at the end of the fight, but it was none of it was her own. It was all from Cachera. And... Um, you know, that, that was a scary performance by Shevchenko. Um, and then we had the main event um, with um, 39-year-old Lyoto Mishida, um, former protege of Antonio Inoki, one of the pioneers of MMA, um, who defeated Eric Anders by split decision um, in the middleweight contest. And, um, you know, it kind of ended the show on a high after a bit of a disappointing undercard. Um, but what, what did he make of the... Uh, make of these two fights safe yeah i mean shevchenko is is a fantastic fighter she's a truly elite level fighter and this was just a case of one fighter being on a much higher level than the other um priscilla was game 
tried her best, but it was never really a contest, and she got her ass kicked. Uh, Shevchenko, it has to be another title shot up next. I mean, she, I, I thought, you know, the, the Nunes fight was razor razor close. Um, she, she's she's the only real contender I can see for Amanda that that's going to give her the type of fight people want to see. Um, so I think that's got to be up next. Um, for well, for Shevchenko, obviously, I don't know what Nunes is doing next. I don't know if she's got anything. I don't think there's anything booked next, but um, maybe they'll just run that back. Um, Machida's my favorite fighter in the UFC. I just love his style. Um, I just love the fact that he's so traditional in his in his fighting style. But he's the most rounded fighter. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's got elite wrestling, elite striking, elite jiu-jitsu. The guy practices sumo and all sorts of all sorts of everything um, to make himself as well-rounded. And he's He's been unlucky a, a number of times. I mean, he's past his best now. And, and, like, you know, with respect to Eric Anders, this fight four years ago, Machida would have just finished him within two rounds. Um, I, I didn't think it was a split decision. I thought Machida won it fairly comfortably. Um, I had it four rounds to one personally. But, you know, it, it is what it is. But for Machida, he's... I think he's he's going to become the gatekeeper of the division. I don't think we're going to see him in a number one contender or a title fight again. I think he'll be the guy that the younger guys have to get through to propel themselves up into the upper echelon of the division. Um, and, and that's fine, but given the promise he had and when he won the UFC title for Mashad Evans and then he beat Shogun, and then they kind of screwed him by running the Shogun fight back again when really like I didn't think it was a I didn't think Shogun got screwed at all and I think Machida did but like for Machida now he, he'd lost Weidman lost to Rocco lost to Romero I, I think he I thought he I thought he beat Weidman personally but I might have been biased but um like I, that's it I, I think he's he's done as a contender I think he becomes the gatekeeper now yeah that's a great call I mean I think they Pat saw Anders is somebody who had he won would have eat his way into the uh, rankings as a top 15 fighter. Um, but uh, it was a narrow defeat. Um, I mean, I personally had it 3-2. Um, and I thought Anders, uh, sorry, Anders um, certainly had um, you know, his moments in the fight, um, certainly hurt. Shida bloodied him up um, well and proper. But uh, technically, Mashida um, was on another level. And I think that's what perhaps got him through. Um, you know his uh, frequency of uh, significant strikes um, over the five rounds was just too much for Anders, and uh, perhaps a learning experience for the younger fighter, and hopefully he'll come back stronger as a result. Um, right, so looking ahead then, Dave, to um, what is shaping up to be a busy few weeks. Um, we've again got uh, shows on an almost weekly basis um, between now. And perhaps the time we next record. Um, so let, let's quickly run through those then in terms of the main fights from those cards. Um, so first up is um, a show taking place next weekend out of uh, Perth, Australia. And uh, this is UFC 221. And um, again, we've got some decent names on the undercard, most notably um, the veteran Mark Hunt in a heavyweight contest against Curtis Blades. Um, but uh, the main event is Yoel Romero against Luke Rocco. So these are two of the main contenders in the middleweight division. And um, 
you'd suspect that the the winner of this will go on to fight uh, Robitica for the championship. So uh, in terms of predictions, Dave, which way do you see this one going? Um, I think I fancy Blades to beat to beat Hunt. Um, I've been impressed with what I've seen. His only loss is to Engano, and I think he's looked he's looked better in the last sort of two years than he than he did in that fight. I think he's developed quite. That was his first fight in the UFC as well. It's worth noting. Um, so I'm I'm excited for that fight. I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be a slugfest. Mark Hunt doesn't do anything else. Um, yep. So that's going to be a good fight. Romero against Rockhold has the potential to be the fight of the year, Mo. Um, these guys are two elite level fighters. Romero's a monster. And Rockhold is probably the best middleweight fighter. Um, incredibly well rounded, you know, massive, like a, a huge middleweight. And would probably be the UFC champion still if he hadn't hurt his knee and then taken Bisping too easily. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, he was on a, a great run of form going into that fight against Bisping. And, um, you know, perhaps was overconfident thinking, oh, Bisping's an older fighter, certainly been in the wars as Bisping over you know, a decade in the UFC. Um, and uh, perhaps uh, coming in with uh, somewhat of an injury as well also didn't help. But uh, it all just worked out for Bisping that night. Finally won his uh, first UFC championship. And um, obviously, uh, you know, we uh, saw Rockhold drop down to uh, being a contender again, but uh, it won't be long, hopefully, before uh, he is uh, back in title contention. And, um, you know, a victory over Romero almost certainly will ensure that uh, Rockhold is um, lined up very, very shortly to become the um, number one contender for the uh, middleweight championship. Um, so, so that is uh, UFC 221. Um, should be a big show coming out of Perth in Australia. And we have to wait no more than a week before the next UFC event, which happens to be taking place in Austin, Texas. It's another fight night. And um, this is on the 18th of February between um, UFC veteran Cowboy Cerrone against Yancy Medeiros. And uh, that, that's the main event. Um, but on the undercard, we've got... Um, Derek Lewis, another very hard hitter, um, taking on uh, Martin Tibura um, in another heavyweight um, semi-main event. So uh, a couple of um, hard-hitting fights, and uh, those should be uh, pretty uh, pretty um, entertaining as well, Dave. Yeah, should be a good card. Um, Cerrone's one of those guys who just fights and fights and fights. Medeiros will give him a decent fight, but I do expect Cerrone's experience to see him through. Um, the the Lewis Tabura fight will be fun. It will be fun because these two guys don't know how to do anything different other than just go out and, and throw at each other. So, um, although you know Tabura maybe with the submissions, he's he's looked fairly good on the ground, but it's it's been a while really since he's he's submitted anybody. I think back to his M1 days. Um, I'm looking forward to this card mainly because Tiago Tiago Alves. Is on the undercard, and I always like watching him fight. Um, this this is a fairly solid card, Mo. I, I do think this is one of the the better fight night cards they've put on, or just our UFC on Fox cards. Uh, yes, yes, no, it is. Um, it is certainly uh, pretty decent. I mean, even Sage Northcutt, he's on the uh, show as well. One of the uh, 
other fighters that UFC has very high hopes for, largely because of how he looks. Um, but yeah, the, the top two fights should both be uh, entertaining. I personally fancy Medeiros in the main event. I think Cerrone, having lost three times in a row, uh, perhaps his best uh, years, best fights are past him now, but he's always dangerous, so you never know with him. Um, and with Lewis, um, I just fancy him um, going into his fight against Tabura. You know, he's another one with a point to prove after losing to Mark Hunt the last time round. But uh, we, we shall wait and see. But nonetheless, both should be highly entertaining contests. Um, then we've got um, another uh, fight night, sorry, UFC on Fox show, um, which um, features um, Jeremy Stevens already back in action um, after his fight just a couple of weeks ago against Josh Emmett in a featherweight contest. But uh, for a card that's uh, quite a disappointing line. I mean, we have got, you know, Jessica Andrade and Robinson Pruilly Latifi, uh, but uh, for a show that's taking place on network television, um, perhaps a disappointing one um, and, uh, you know, certainly has the potential to be decent, um, but lineup-wise doesn't seem um, all that overwhelming. Uh, and then we no, find... it's, it seems like a card for the sake of a card, Mo. Um, yeah. I mean, Helen Brow is on the preliminary prelim card and he, he should be exciting enough against Brian Gallagher but you look at this this card and then you look the following week at UFC 222 and it's a pretty piss poor card as well and you wonder why they didn't just combine the two and put together one decent card as opposed to two half hours card cards well that's it absolutely and this is one of the consequences of having almost too many fighters they've got hundreds of fighters under contract and you know, they're all banging at the door for UFC saying, look, we want more fights, we want more fights. And, uh, you know, it, it's something that um, is a result of that, unfortunately. But, uh, the, you know, the result is um, lots of cards that look underwhelming on paper. And, um, you know, this is another example of that. You know, putting together the better performers and better fights from these two cards would turn up, would result in a very, very entertaining card. But, uh you know, that, that's the way things are with UFC these days. But yeah. as you say, UFC 222, um, you know, is uh, one of the big pay-per-view shows take place out of Nevada. And uh, Las Vegas will host that show out of uh, the large T-Mobile arena. Um, main event-wise, looking underwhelming at this moment in time, um, largely because just announced in the past 24 hours, uh, Max Holloway has an injury and has had to pull out of his... Um, featherweight championship defense against um, Frankie Edgar. So um, mm. that, that's a big disappointment because many were tipping that to be an early fight of the year contender as well. Um, and so at this moment in time, um, until another fight is announced, uh, the default main event is the rather underwhelming Stefan Struve against Andre Olofsky. Yeah, I mean, I think Edgar was, was going to pull out because he hurt his eye and then Holloway pulled out because he hurt his leg. So... Um, that was scrapped, and then they, they tried to put together TJ versus Cody too, and TJ doesn't want the fight because uh, he's just had a child, he's not in training camp, uh, he doesn't think Garbrandt deserves a title shot, and he also wants to fight Demetrius Johnson. They're the four excuses he's given. Um, you pick one, you know, <laughs> pick one and then stick with it. Don't give four. Um, they're going to have to find another fight here, Mo, because they they cannot run. Struve as, and Arlovsky as the main event. Arlovsky is years past his best. Struve is never and has never been a contender. 
And I mean the the co-main event is CB Dalloway and Hector Lombard. I mean that's a that's a prelim fight. So you know there's there's nothing on this card that makes me want to watch it at all from from top to couple of couple of the prelim fights will be fun. Um, I like I quite like Sean O'Malley. I think he's pretty good. And um, the Jordan Johnson Adam Milstead fight should be exciting. But this this is this is a, a waste of a card in my view. I. If the, if the main event pulls and you're stuck with Struve and Orlovsky, just cancel. Cancel it. You're going to lose money. Yeah, cancel the whole show. I mean, that's happened as well in the past on one or two occasions where the undercard was so weak and they couldn't find a replacement main event that um, they cancelled the whole show. So don't be surprised this as if uh, you hear an announcement of UFC 222 being cancelled altogether and disappearing um, from the record books. Um, so we, we should wait and see on that one. So that, that kind of um, covers the upcoming shows um, over the next few weeks. Um, some good fighters and good fights in amongst all of that. Um, but, uh, Dave, we can't go an MMA monthly without talking about your fellow countryman, uh, one Conor McGregor. So, um, yet again, uh, can't keep out of the news. A um, lot of speculation about what his next move is. Uh, but um, since you've been back in Dublin, um, have you seen him around town? What, what mischief is he getting up to these days? <laughs> what? The, the rumours of what you hear are not good. Um, he seems to be enjoying his lifestyle a little bit too much. I, 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 don't, I don't know if and when he's going to come back. Though, Mo. I, it's going to be hard to motivate him to come back. I mean, Tony Ferguson would be an interesting fight for him. Khabib would be an interesting fight for him. But do they draw the money that he's going to want? They seem hesitant to put, the, put him against Nate again. If they strip him of the belt, I think they're going to piss him off. Something shocking. Um, and he, he might just look to go and box again. Like the Pacquiao fight is there if he wants it. Pauly Malinaji is there if he wants it. And I mean, he could make 30 million fighting Pauly as opposed to 15 million fighting Khabib. And it doesn't matter if he wins or loses in, in boxing, he could make 70 million fighting Pacquiao. And again, it oh. doesn't matter if he wins or loses. So it, it's it's hard to know what he'll do. Dana has said that. For the moment, their their plan is to move ahead without without him. That they don't think he will fight again, or that they don't know for certain if he'll fight again. So it, it's it's going to take something big to bring him back. I think Diaz Diaz is the only real huge money fight until GSP comes back. And I've said to you before, I think that's the fight that everybody in the UFC will want, like in terms of the business people, because that's the biggest fight in UFC history. It's two of the four biggest stars they've ever had. Yeah. And Connor's not going to fight Brock Lesnar. And GSP's not going to fight Brock Lesnar. And the other one is Ronda Rousey. So, I mean, the, they, I, I think the only way they get Conor McGregor back to the UFC is they say, right, you have the Nate trilogy. And then you're fighting GSP regardless. Or they say to him, look, it's Nate versus Connor and the winner fights GSP. And then I think if... if if Connor fights GSP, they'll both make so much money that they both might both just walk away afterwards. Because realistically, they could probably both make thirty million off that fight, and and that's probably the best outcome for the UFC is is how big that fight would be. I agree, Dave. Um, it's a fight that really could be huge. Perhaps set the all-time pay-per-view record for UFC. Um, obviously, GSP has his ulcerative colitis at the moment to deal with. Um, but uh, the people around him are reckoning that he will be back next year. Hopefully will be, and if he does return then, 
that might be just the ideal time uh, for him and Connor to be brought together um, for what would almost surely be the biggest fight in the history of the UFC. So, uh, you know, again, a mega fight to look forward to potentially for 2019. Right. So um, lots happened already this month. Um, sorry, this year even. Um, and lots more to happen over the coming weeks. We will hopefully be back again, listeners, um, in early March for another MMA Monthly, at which point we'll recap on the shows that we've just previewed. And then look forward to um, you know uh, some uh, big fights that will be coming up um, over the coming weeks um, post that show. So once again, listeners, thanks for joining us. And um, join us again next month. We will bring you another edition of MMA Monthly. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. AdWanted UK is the provider of single-source media data for agencies, media owners, brands and academic institutions. And thanks to our rebranded news offering, called The Media Leader, we can also lead the way in championing excellence and inclusion in the media industry. To find out more, simply visit the-media-leader.com to subscribe to our daily bulletins. The Media Leader from AdWanted UK.